we'd like to uh, welcome uh, each and every one of you. We have uh, six days uh, here together. We're uh, <coughs> located, of course, between sky above and earth below, and clearly rather warm temperatures there. And it's vitally important, of course, that with these hot weather bursts that we are mindful, we stay out of exposure to the sun as uh, much as possible, we make good use of uh, the shade of the trees and uh, the buildings uh, around, we drink uh, plenty of water, uh, stating the obvious but uh, a small reminder. And just before coming in here, I looked on the uh, BBC website. It reported that uh, France, in some uh, towns in the south, had its highest ever uh, temperatures ever recorded in France, touching just above 45 degrees. Uh, 4,000 schools in France have had to close. There, here too, in in Germany, in Poland, in Czechoslovakia, in Spain and uh, elsewhere. And it surely is yet another indication to all of us of the changes, environmental, global, the climate emergency which has been declared um, in the Parliament, in uh, Paris and uh, elsewhere. And uh, all of us have uh, contribution, hopefully a deep concern, and to see what steps that uh, we can take uh, in the face of significant uh, change to us, to wildlife, to uh, the nature, and as we see that human activity is a significant factor in uh, this climate emergency. I'll touch upon it with you a little bit later on in the retreat with some of the actions and activities, commitments that are taking place. We've been recently at meetings um, of uh, EXA, the uh, rebellion movement against the Extinction Act now and uh, others. With the retreat uh, uh, itself, one of the very many blessings of these uh, teachings and practices, which has been uh, recognised in the social sphere, in service to others, amongst campaigners and activists, is that we have the privilege, really, and the opportunity to explore a real variety and range of methods, techniques and approaches, attitudes and aspirations which can contribute to heart, mind and body harmony and well-being, to a way of looking at the world with clarity and wisdom, of being a real agent for change and in terms of service uh, of others. And all of that requires from us 
a variety of skills and approaches, an understanding of our experience in this world and our experience in relationship to others. And these teachings and practices called the Dharma is an exploration of experiences within and equally important in our relationship to the world and our actions, our activities uh, which go with it. And this Ula and I, in a variety of ways of course, over the days that we have here together, will be uh, engaged uh, in this. And sometimes in life, as we know, it often situations and circumstances can arise in which there is the unpredictable, the unforeseen and possibly the barely thought about. And to give one example of what I mean. I had an email just a few weeks ago and a close family member male in his thirties a loving father home life in the car an accident and was killed and it'd be hard to imagine in a way of the torment, the anguish, the grief and the sorrow of all the family members, children, wife, the parents, the friends, the loved ones. In just one minute, life to death. And these unpredictable unforeseen circumstances uh, there belongs in a way to the vulnerability of human existence and I as a Dharma uh, teacher here was asked if I would kindly give a response to, uh, uh, to this an email response it happened in a, another country from where <clears throat> and um, in the response uh, to that with uh, commiserations and, and concern that over the years with these teachings and practices one thing I gave a reminder of is a small contribution rather an important one and so much emphasised in the tradition that this experience with the sorrow, with the grief, with the anguish and the terrible sense of loss this experience will pass easy to say I know and sometimes when we are in the midst of stress of anxiety, of not knowing how to deal with something 
because of the confusion and the upset inside of our uh, being. It isn't easy to remember, but this difficult experience, whatever it is, this experience, it will pass. Because it has arisen. A circumstance triggers an event in our life. And because that which has arisen and stays for a while will pass. And part of the feature of the practices here include that recognition and the deepest clarity we can find this which has arisen which stays will pass and it can be just one of many small things to remember to reflect upon to be clear uh, uh, about so that we are not kind of lost and drowning in our difficulty it will pass it will, has come it will stay and it will pass <clears throat> I had um, in another conversation on a different matter um, uh, <coughs> pardon me uh, altogether and um, in this conversation, the person and I, this is in Tottenham where I live, we were discussing um, the value and the importance of experience, of human experience, to be a human being, what it means to live and breathe and act and respond uh, to this world that we are in. And in the midst of this conversation about the, the uh, human experience, the, was asked what the Buddha's response is, or what a wise uh, uh, response uh, is. And a little bit of the flow, and I think it has some, has some reflection and importance for us here. It can be, upon coming here for some of you that for some there can be a very specific motivation and intention to be in the retreat and for some it may be the wish to address and give attention to something happening in one's life it doesn't have to be a trauma and dramatic or whatever but there is a sense that we may have of the benefit of time away from our everyday environment home or work or friends or family or social life etc to take time away enter into the quietness, the silence of the days. And that provides a support to look at our life, at our experience, perhaps what we maybe areas which we wish to see and understand. And 
quite often in our, shall we call it, secular world here, the areas of stress, pain, worry about the future, anxiety, unresolved issues from the past can be circulating in our inner life, so unresolved about the past, things going on in our present, stress, anxiety, agitation, some fears about the future or what might be, may not even be about ourselves, of course it could be about loved ones or about the planet or much else. And we can find ourselves with this variety and range of experiences and there is a rather important thought in the middle of these experiences so along the lines I wish I had more clarity about this I wish I wasn't experiencing stress over this I wish I had a greater sense of harmony of body and mind and heart or whatever in other words to find more clarity and to be at peace with the situation whatever that might be (coughs) and as I mentioned um, good teachings hopefully Rila and I will be offering some good teachings good teachings and practices will give support to that so to follow here there is an aspiration an intention some there is a particular purpose and reason for being here for some and there may be in that some wish to have some clarity or resolution about for others check in with ourselves there may be none of that whatsoever no issue no drama, be grateful. And one is just here, perhaps because one likes Seminar House Engel. It's a nice name, Angel. It's a place for the angels to come and feel comfortable and safe. And, and the kind of intention is to check out and to see whether anything which occurs over the days here will be of authentic benefit to oneself. So there's things, I don't know how this will be, I haven't met Uri before, I haven't met Krista before, uh, before, I haven't been to Seminar House Engel before, just want to see if there's anything of benefit for myself in being in a largely silent retreat and just to see what that's about. And perhaps you've heard about these uh, things, perhaps you've read about them, perhaps your family members have been begging you to go on a retreat, whatever. Anyway, (coughs) here you are. Uh, And for others, plenty of exposure to these... uh, teachings and practices and one's had 
contact with retreats before, Ulu, myself, and the others are there. And it's just a time to be in the company of the Sangha, the company of the silence, see how the meditations and the days develop, and uh, feel the validity of being here essentially is for that. <coughs> the, the Buddha, with the uh, teachings, <coughs> has a very um, um, interesting, I think, perspective on all, all of this. And what I mean by this is a person committed to the exploration of experience, she or he or we may live a rather well-adjusted life, reasonably well-integrated with ourselves, feeling quite at home with ourselves, we don't hate ourselves, we don't put ourselves down, feeling quite emotionally, heartfully, well integrated with ourselves, not perfectly, but all in all. And we look at our relationship with others, near and far, and in all of that, nobody comes to mind that we're in huge conflict with, or we're blaming and angry, or we feel victimised by, we feel in a reasonably healthy state, generally speaking, with others in our life, near and far. Uh, there's something precious and beautiful about that. But in these teachings, it's closer in terms of exploration to the beginning than to the end. You understand? So sometimes we might think, and we might take the view, ah, if I'm calm, pretty stress-free, living with a general sense of will, well-being, well-adjusted, it is enough. That will do me fine. Not in these teachings. This is, I won't call it kindergarten, primary school. In other words, it is a preparation for something much more. And there's something much more is important and it's, uh, and it's valid. So though, especially in our troubled world that we uh, uh, live in, it is precious and beautiful to meet with, and it's a privilege, with women and men and children who really have a sense of presence and well-being about herself or himself or themselves, to really have connection uh, with such people. But in the, these teachings, there is a pointer that that is the best preparation for much more discovery to realise and unfold much more once having become well grounded and well established. It is the beginning, not the end. <coughs> and so in this conversation uh, with the person, in, 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 uh, 
at home, topless. There was two avenues which are touched upon with regard to this. And both are equally valid. And we, you and I, in our experience, which is the important thing here, you and I may have such experiences which are important and valid, which indicate to us something more than just being well-adjusted, reasonably stress-free, a reasonably content person. For some, this is one aspect, you might call, I might call it left hand and right hand for the moment. There may be experiences which you have had recently, distant past, where something has occurred sometimes, as one example, in meditation. And in the meditation, indoors or outdoors, sitting, walking, standing or reclining, in retreat or out retreat, in a kind of meditative state of being there, something in the being, in consciousness, has touched one. It's visceral. It's not um, just thinking. It's touched one. And sometimes when we are touched by a circumstance, something opens up to us. Something expands. It could reveal some potential. It could reveal a completely fresh way of looking at an event, whatever that might be. So from being relatively calm, relatively grounded, relatively okay in the world with others, with life there, it then serves as a place, quote-unquote place here, to reveal something more. And that touches us. And we need a receptivity to that. It's one example. Another example would be, still being with the meditations for a moment, there can be places in our being, and during the days here, with the instructions from Ula, and she'll speak to you after I've finished, um, we'll be touching upon and she with the um, morning uh, instructions as well of the significance of calm and happiness which is deeper and far more pressure precious than the everyday pursuit of pleasure the I'm sure not for people here but often in our society the, the frequent also say, pilgrimages to the shopping mall etc. It's consumerism it's the pleasure hunt uh, uh, it's the idea in my mind I want this and it must be like this and all the hunting you know, it's the prehistoric hunter-gatherer mentality in our evolution, it's still not resolved and it's now being perpetuated in the shopping malls and uh, other places. Uh, 
So there is a happiness which is deeper to be known which cannot be known through getting what I want. It comes from something else. And it can't be known by getting what I want. And we think getting what I want will make me happy. One of my dear women friends, she says to me, Christopher, <coughs> there is this man inside of me, precious, lovely, bright, intelligent, beautiful woman. She says, there is this man inside of me. And this is the man that I really want. But I can't find him out there. And I've been looking. And I said to her, Precious, that man inside of you doesn't exist out there. So in other words, sometimes we have a picture or an image there. And we, we want this image to fit perfectly with what's out there. Material world, roles, woman in my life, man in my life, dog in my life, whatever it might be. There is, you know, obviously. These teachings are looking at the projections which go on, which obstruct peace of mind and clarity. We look at the projections that go on inside of us and the way that they land upon the other. <coughs> the world will not, it cannot fit to these projections we carry with us. So as I say, one aspect of this is finding a happiness and teachings and practices and the forms are there and Ulu will be in the thread we'll be speaking to you over today. <clears throat> there's also experiences, and I'll come to the Buddha's voice on this because it's precious, uh, in which we can have what's tradition called formless experiences. So in other words, it may happen, of course, in the Dharma Hall here, can happen outside, there can be memories uh, in, your, in your life, and there are experiences which we can put, if we wish, into a kind of spiritual, mystical, religious language, if, for those who are comfortable with it, or experiences which we might say, wow, in this, in this time or in this moment or in this hour, I really experienced a real opening up. My heart opened up. My consciousness opened up. And of course, as humans, we love these deep, heart-opening, consciousness-opening, mind-opening experiences. They genuinely are precious. They genuinely are meaningful. And when people say, because they, they will say to people like me, Oh, Christopher, 
I've never had such an experience. And my response, frankly, is, what the hell are you doing with your life? That you've closed yourself off to these experiences. Are you really living in such mundanity that you're not taking any steps, not being adventurous, not expanding out? Wow! What on earth would any human being want to live in a small, comfortable, if it's possible, contracted way of life? Goodness me, look at life, look at it, the expanse of it. So, those moments, might be a moment, it could be, as I say, outdoors, or it could be indoors. <coughs> um, I give a small example for those of you who love the, who love the arts. Um, several months ago, I, there's the, the Devon, which is the county where I live. They have a symphony orchestra. And uh, the orchestra uh, lead is a, is, is a good friend of mine. And there's two years, a manager at Guy House, and he waves the arms in the air. Quite something to be in the zone with all these 60 plus musicians around. And he plays three, only three different pieces. So in one of these concerts, which is like it's in the school hall, it's in the church hall, you know, I literally, I can, I'd like to be in the front row, I could reach out and touch the violinist. I don't, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be mindful. But, I, but there's a closeness, there's this powerful intimacy. <clears throat> and one evening... You may know this. It's Tchaikovsky playing Romeo and Juliet. <clears throat> so it starts off with the drama of this Shakespearean conflict of the two families, and Romeo and Juliet have fallen in love with each other. And Romeo says, oh, A rose is but a rose, call it by any name. Doesn't matter what her surname is, love is love. Great teaching. So, there. And so the first part is all the drama of the relation, of the family dynamic. And then suddenly, in a moment, it moves to this love and intimacy of Romeo and Juliet. So I'm sitting there in the front row, there. And then this beautiful, watch it on YouTube sometime, beautiful love through the instrument comes through. My, I had tears in my eyes. Where did that come from? Just whew, how something deep and profound is communicated through the arts. Oh, beautiful. And these, out of the unexpected experiences which come, are really deeply precious for our well-being, for a sense of 
I wrote to the, uh, sent an email to uh, uh, Richard, Richard Gomsky, he's an Israeli and married to an Englishman. Um, an email to him uh, there, and I said, it is a privilege to be in the company of the gods of music. Because it touches something deep about it. And the Dharma of the Buddha, as he said himself, his favourite instrument was the sarod. It's a beautiful Indian instrument, those of you know India. That we need all the meditation, the awarenesses, the mindfulness to touch the deep, and the silences to touch the deep places. We mustn't let our life go by without the deep. And so in this range, tremendous range of experiences that's available uh, to us in retreat the support for all of this. And then the Buddha comes, makes an incredibly important statement, one of the most profound statements ever uttered on this earth. And is it? With this huge range of very profound and deep experiences, sometimes, humanly enough, a person will say, and I'm sure you've heard it from others elsewhere, or get the sense there is a some final, absolute, ultimate experience to realise. Oh, I'm doing my practice, I'm really committed to the spiritual path, I'm really looking into my life, I have a sense of, I can reduce the stress and the intensity, I have a sense that there can be something more than just being rather calm and peaceful, there's something else to aspire to, to take an interest in, I'm willing to explore that and integrate that into my life and life with others. And sometimes people gen genuinely, and I hear the voices, you know, I've been, a, been involved in these teachings for over 50 years, I have some exposure <coughs> to it. There can be a genuine sense with a very deep experience. Ah, this is it. This is the ultimate experience. This is what I've been practicing for or to go towards this is the place I really want to reach and people, it does happen people do say this there is a sense of that I th I, now I know what truth is, now I know had this experience of what pure consciousness is now I have found God now I know what real, full realisation is now I am enlightened, or whatever. And the Buddha's response to all of this is, it is not it. Summarizing. And what is meant with that is, there, there is a liberation, a wonderful freedom in life, in which we are not tying ourselves to a specific end experience.
That's all. Our experiences are precious. There's a tremendous variety of them. We're human after all. We have this wonderful potential there. It's a delight to listen to people's experience from the Christian tradition and the Islamic tradition and the Buddhist tradition and the secular tradition and the spiritual traditions and the mind-body therapy traditions and many, many more and our own language as well. All I think are just precious. But if we remember, let us not grasp onto one of them no matter how precious and, and important it is. And therefore, we are free to keep the aliveness and the expanse alive to other ranges of experiences. And not coming at this is it. That's the last one. It, it sets a kind of limit on our potential to experience. Enough said. With the finally wool that Ulla and I, during the days of course here, we'll be um, seeing you in the one-to-ones very, very regularly, listening to uh, uh, your good voices. There is the, the fullness uh, of the day with the timetable uh, there and with the regularity of the day from uh, 6 o'clock until the uh, evening uh, 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 evening time and of course your good presence here hopefully a really valuable support for each and every one of us and in our own quiet way that the benefits also will be really supportive for our loved ones, for the friends, strangers, for the unfriendly, for wildlife, for animals, for nature. It's a major task. So, uh, uh, Ulu will uh, 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 speak to you, and she'll be speaking in German. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, absolutely a uh, delight. I'm very happy that uh, Ulu has been uh, able to uh, uh, come and so that we can co-teach here the, the days uh, together. Some of you will know the years of teaching here, uh, Nicole, uh, been on the retreats with me here just two hours ago, I had a, a lovely email from her. She is in Corfu at the moment. So... Uh, and been teaching with her sister, a retreat uh, there, and having said a few uh, uh, extra days, and sends a, a, a love to everybody. Hi, Tula. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.